Welcome to Evolve, reinventing leadership, building freedom cultures, with CEO and award-winning author, Yvette Bethel. This podcast is dedicated to providing leaders with solutions to build trust, inspire authentic transformation, and improve engagement. Learn about new and tested ways you can revitalize your culture, empower people, and transform your results. This is Yvette Bethel, and it gives me great pleasure to welcome you to Evolve. Evolve explores modern leadership topics and cultural transformation potentials using the interconnectivity flow and balance methodology, which is grounded in trust, integrity, and emotional mastery. We will explore ideas that translate into theories and practical action that you can apply to simple and complex organizational challenges. This episode is the first of a two-part conversation that introduces the IFB concepts of balance and flow in the context of quantum leadership. To support me in this exploration is Edwin Clamp. Edwin's professional practice is focused on helping companies develop and implement long-term innovation. He's an expert in quantum leadership and the application of quantum principles in business. He has broad and deep competencies in traditional executive functions such as foresight, mergers and acquisitions, finance, law, risk management, and marketing. With a substantial educational background and experience across many disciplines such as statistics, math, biochemistry, biology, healthcare, business, engineering, software engineering, and education. Edwin brings a unique voice to evolve. Let's jump right into the conversation. This idea of balance is just really, really important to the functioning of the system and the tension. And for for too long, um, I think there are a lot of systems in place that cause us to engage with our ecosystem in a certain way without even thinking about it. So what I'm proposing is that instead of uh, just engaging our ecosystems the way that we've habitually done it, become more deliberate about creating ones that are healthy. And I'm not talking about something perfect or some utopian ecosystem. I'm just talking about something that's healthy <laughs> and with trust-based um, connections. And not even with everyone because everyone won't trust everyone. And that's just you know the way it is. But certainly you can still have a healthy relationship uh, without that deep vulnerability happening. (laughs) Yeah, and I think this is another, um, you know, there's this term divide and conquer, um, you know, and and so you divide and these people are your enemies and you conquer them. Um, (coughs) the, The Cartesian mode of thought there is, you know, analysis, which is we saw in Bloom's taxonomy, you know, which is the essence of the Cartesian mode of thought is lysis, which is the division or the breaking apart, um, which is the antonym of synthesis, which is in the IFB model, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, 
we have a, a, an opposite mode of thought. So I think we can move away from this antagonistic relationship in our ecosystems that, uh, you know, in a sense, we, we tend to have this implicit idea that all the others are somehow, uh, we're in an antagonistic relation with them. The, the customer even, we, we tend to often see as, uh, as threatening to our bottom line. We need to make sure they don't take too much and, you know, let's make sure we get the most value out of them. To this mode of, of uh, um, a, an integrative, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? The collaborative... A synergistic, that's the word that I'm looking for. Oh, okay. This relationship where we're, we're all, in a sense, we're all better off because of the other, which in, in a sense is the reality because mm-hmm. um, it, no organization out there would survive in a, in a barren environment. You know, if you're in construction, you rely on the ecosystem of, of people to make a project happen. Um, you know, if you're in technology, you're really working in the ecosystem of technology uh, and, and pretty much goes for every, every system out there. It's an ecosystem and we have a dependency on each, each one of those players in the system, whether it be the janitor or the, the, uh, the insurance provider or whatever. Uh, we have a, a, a relationship or a dependency on there. So it's much better for us to, to look at that with a sense of balance where we're seeing the positive relationship there as well as maybe the, the tension. I don't want to say the, the, the negative relationship, but there, there's always a tension there, but this is, this is part of life. I mean, there's, there's always the, the trade-off and what, we, what we're going for here is really beneficial arrangement. You know, there are two things that I was uh, considering while you were you know, talking just now. And one is that I think you, you talked about there being dependency on each player. I think it's it, it goes beyond, I think it's more interdependent. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, for, in order for it to be um, healthy. And the other thing that I was uh, considering was, you know, in each, in each, um, Tension. Uh, there's this masculine quality that's you know hard and fast, maybe competitive or whatever you want to call these masculine qualities. And then there's the feminine quality within attention that's more nurturing, accepting, inclusive, and that type of thing. And the more I look at tensions, the more I see that you know most of them have on one end. Is masculine representation of something, and then the other end is some uh, feminine, almost like a yin and yang kind of thing. And yes. and I think the the point that you make with the whole the, the symbolism of of the masculine and feminine, it should not be separate. It when they are working, they are working in an interconnected way. Yes. So both are present. But they're not opposing. Yes. They're actually uh, enhancing. Yes, and I think you 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 really uh, keyed in on something here. Again, the Cartesian mode of thought is always to separate. 
And so what we've done is we said, oh, masculine, feminine, and they're completely different. But in the sense that they're really like this, that they're, they're just expressions of the same system. I mean, the same biological right. system. Right. It's, just, it's just shifted expressions. And really what we see is this, this continually, um, this continuum, mm-hmm. you know. And so what, what, we, what we need to try to now do is to integrate those and find the synergy that the broader wisdom can bring to how we how we look at situations. Yeah. So in your model, how do you see or what what's the importance of flow? Because you we have interconnectivity, balance and flow. How does that uh work in, in your model there that you it, it works in in an in a number of ways, in a lot of time, in a lot of ways, it's the product of interconnectivity and the quality of that. Um, it's also something in the balancing effort that you're paying attention to, mm-hmm. so that you can determine uh, if some tensions are creating uh, you know, challenges with flow, and and so that you can take an action with how people connect or how the the processes connect with each other so that you can alter the way the flow is happening. Because flow is something that is very important to uh, producing results Mm -hmm. within an organization. Mm -hmm. So um, if that flow isn't happening the way the strategy dictates, then you have to calibrate and recalibrate until um, you know you get it to where you want it to be. Sometimes, so so flow can do with uh, pace, how mm-hmm. fast you're producing, or, or or getting things done, whatever that is. Uh, it can it can have something to do with rhythm, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes it's more cyclic. Mm-hmm. So flow is a very big part mm-hmm. of the model, although uh, we talk about it some kind of secondary uh, consideration. It's really an, an output, but it's also uh, much more than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because there are, there, there are, you know, there are mechanics behind the flow that you really need to pay attention to. Yeah. And when you get, you know, and I've worked with teams before where you can step out of that whole mechanical process of flow with making sure that the the rate and pace or whatever rhythms are, are operating the way you anticipate and you're stepping into a zone. And I've mm-hmm. seen this happen with teams where they get into a zone of creativity mm-hmm. where time just collapses mm-hmm. and, you know, everybody's in, everybody's on the same wavelength, everybody's, one entity operating yeah. in that whole integrated way. Yeah. And and that's another very powerful application of flow, but you can't get there on a linear path. Yeah, and I think as I'm listening to you talk, I'm I'm seeing flow in two two contexts within yeah. your organization. So what yeah. you just described there is the the synergy that comes from the, the flow of a group and the creativity and, and the value add that can bring to the organization. Um, the other one for me is 
the flow of leadership. Um, you know, it, it is still a concept that we hold to and, and have leaders. So, it, um, the the thing I think is critical for leadership today to understand is the liability that linear thinking can bring to their organization. Because uh, especially in um, in industries that are going through this, in a sense, the rate of change is picked up. So, for example, technology uh, comes to mind, but there are other ones, medicine, and um, a lot of the service industries are um, being radically disrupted. And so the ability for a leader to move out of linear thinking, so this is the trajectory, this is our strategy, this is where our organization is going to be in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and to shift their, their mentality from that, from that linear mode of thought to this more dynamic, uh, interactive, flowing, balanced mode of thought, where they're, in a sense, interfacing with the environment, looking for the flow, seeing where their organization fits, adapting yes. the organizational model to changes, you know, and we can look at um, we can look at a lot of uh, case studies where organizations have have radically transformed. They've they've basically reinvented themselves. And for mm-hmm. me, this is the 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 benefit that leadership flow can bring mm-hmm. versus organizations that refuse to reinvent themselves and just became irrelevant. Mm-hmm. So, really, what you're describing is uh, leaders operating in that. IFB learning uh, kind of place. Yes. As opposed to the, the linear yes. model. Yeah, and I, it's very, very interesting to me because, you know, when you look at it from a, a you know, the, again, the Cartesian mode of thought, classical physics, particle physics, you look at this idea of trajectory, you know, and we have a linear model that uh, blooms. And so there's this assumption that what starts here will just continue on, you know, and this goes back to the kind of the scientific mode of thinking where you take all the variables away. Now we're moving into dynamic systems, complexity theory, et cetera. This assumption that the trajectory will just continue on in a smooth pattern as though something was floating through space isn't valid anymore. We have uh, disruptions. We have all kinds of things happening in our environments. Um, that continually push the trajectory of an organization one way or another. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the leadership now has to really, in a sense, be in the flow to, to, to continually sense what currents are changing. So now it's, it's more of a, of a, of a uh, sensing um, experience, an intuitive experience, rather than this kind of this cold calculation, if we take, you know, X, Y and calculate it out, it's going to be over here in five years. That's not, that's not a relevant mode of thought. But really that attunement, once you learn to attune and use the skills required to um, create a healthy IFB organization, you will develop the skills you need to attune to your environment. 
Because it's a whole new group of skills. You're not just leading in a linear way and this is how you do it, you know, repeat after me kind of fashion. It's more, you know, I'm grounded. I'm connecting with my people. What do we need in this moment? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. You're, and, I, and you're thinking not only of, of the organization, you're capable of thinking holistically and understanding yes. their individuated needs as well as the needs of the collective. Right. And I think the hopeful thing about this is the, um, in a sense, we as, as organisms, as, as entities in the system, we're naturally endowed with the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. And what we've, what we've in fact done, especially for the higher levels of organization where you have well-educated people, if we, we spent a huge amount of resources and time to change our thinking to this very cold, uh, logical, Cartesian mode of thought. Um, but we still have all of this natural uh, ability to shift into this, this new mode of thought, which is maybe what I call quantum reality, you know, the, your model. It, in a sense, all the pieces that we need to actualize that mode of thought exist in us and can easily be tapped. Right. Now, there is a bit of work, in a sense, because we're so attuned to thinking in these linear ways and these very structured ways. So there is a bit of self-work that everybody needs to do. But it's, yeah. it's definitely something I think we can, we can shift into relatively easily. Yeah. Because if we're working, if we're leading more from an inspired place, uh, I think that would make a huge difference. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think this is one of the, the uh, questions that I, I often ask is why, why are we doing what we're doing? Yeah. You know, and I, I had this visual the other night of, of a person on this little planet, you know, um, it was this children's book that I was reading to my kids and this person who lived on these little small planets and they could just walk all the way around the planet, right? <laughs> and, this, and this question of like, this person, why are you running? Where are you going? Um, you know, yeah. it's this very, um, you know, in a sense, we, we're so conditioned to accomplish and achieve. I think we've lost the inspiration of why we're doing these things. And to find this, again, inspiration for, for deeper meaning, how we relate to everybody else in our ecosystems, the joy and the, the creativity and the flow and, and the energy that we can get out of being in the organization, that those are all things that really, to me, inspire and lead to dynamic organizations versus these kind of zombie corporations that so many people seem to suffer in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my favorite word because most people seem to be zombies. Yes. And I, and I, I feel in a sense, sometimes, you know, when I talk about the quantum reality, it seems to be abstract and it's like, who cares about stuff? But then you can just look at people and, and they, the drudgery of their lives and, and they, yeah. go to, they go to the office and they hate their job. And it's like, it doesn't have to be like this. We can, we can bring life and vitality and creativity and energy and, and something that's really like 
feeding our souls, we can create that. It's yeah. just it's a, we, we just have to shift our mode of thought to get to that place. And you have to care about people as much as you care about yourself. That whole I versus we thing, um, especially yes. as a leader, you don't really and authentically care about people. Um, you know, it's just not going to work. You're not going to be able to connect and make all of this happen. Yeah, and, and this is, again, for me, comes out of the quantum reality. The I, or the particle, is this, this Cartesian notion. When we look at quantum physics, there is no particle. There's, there's just no, no particle there. All we have is this kind of interconnected waves. And so it, it creates this fabric of we, of where everything is together. And this is, in a sense, the reality that we live in. We've, we've gone down this path of, of extreme individualism in our thinking, and it's always about I and mine. And what we've lost in the process is the we and ours. You know, and we, we start to experience things like the tragedy of the common, which is the things that are actually ours, not mine, are being destroyed. With that, I'd like to thank you, Edwin, for such a thought-provoking interview. Your insights will certainly help our audience to consider leadership from newer perspectives. You can find out more about Edwin on LinkedIn. This has been Yvette Bethel and Edwin Clamp, and we thank you for taking the time to join us on Evolve. Thanks for listening to Evolve, reinventing leadership, building freedom cultures. Visit ifbcentral.com to learn more about how you can reinvent your leadership and transform your team, starting with trust.